Hey Brock, how are you? Doing well, how are you? I am wearing my spring clothes. Spring has sprung in the East Coast and it feels so good. Oh man, I'm jealous. It's like summer here already. Well yeah, you have summer year round in Arizona. Pretty much. We have summer and then two months of like perfect weather and then summer again. But it is kind of nice wearing shorts and t-shirts. Yeah, you're always in those Koyos now. And I can agree. I really like, I have a pair of the suede that I like, but I have the white with the suede and I dig those too. Oh yeah, they're so nice. They're so comfortable wearing them right now. I'm actually going to double up and get a pair in all black just to complement the uh, the all white option. Mm-hmm. I have a pair of uh, the crates in black the black leather upper and then a white sole, but I really like I like the look of the black and black better than uh, black and white. Yeah, I agree. Well, wait, do you have a, a pair of Oliver Cabells too? No, but I th- my plan is to pick up basically all of the basic white sneakers from these companies and do a comparison. Like I just got the Mark McNary, uh, those New Republic ones. I've got the Koyo Greats suit supply, and so I'm going to add Oliver Cabell, M. Gemini. I'm going to try and pick all of those up for a, for a huge roundup for summer sneakers. But my time is running out on when I can do that based on summer hitting for most of the country. That'd be, that'd be really helpful, actually, because I, I haven't tried Greats, but I have a feeling they're similar to Oliver Cabell. And to me, it seems like Koyo is closer to Common Projects level than those other brands. But but yeah, I haven't actually tried greats. I did see that we have uh, Thursday Boots eventually is going to come out with sneakers. You have uh, Shoe Passion just came out with sneakers. Ace Marks has their sneakers launching via Kickstarter. So everybody is jumping on the uh, you know minimal Italian leather sneaker bandwagon. I know I got a pair of Ace Marks coming for that video so I can include them in the roundup even though they're not going to really be available to after summer. Yeah, no, I think I think it's good to include them. Yeah, because I think your question about the greats when I did my greats um, common projects thing last year was the greats seemed like bulkier than the common projects. So I think it's going to be all very. It seems it you know it's all about what the person wants because I like the greats. I, I like all the shoes. I don't know. I I'm a fan of everything. <laughs> That's true. You have a big collection. Yeah. See, I just want one. <laughs> I want like one pair of shoes or one pair of sneakers or maybe two. Like you know, one black and one white. But um. But yeah, that, well, and that's what I want to help people get to with that video because I even got a like a scale so I can weigh the shoes. So I can say like, look, if you want to pay like two hundred bucks for a nice leather sneaker, this one is this one is a certain weight. This one has a certain width to it and everything. And so that's what I want to try and help get people to with these roundups. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because that that stuff matters. I mean, some of these shoes are like way lighter, heavier, and you know, obviously that's like influences comfort and perceived quality and. Of course, it all comes down to like how it actually fits your foot too. So, like for me, common projects just didn't fit really well. So it wasn't even, it wasn't even the price. It was just the actual comfort level. But uh, yeah, and we're lucky that we're in a world where all these companies give you free shipping both ways. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Even without stores. Yeah, I mean, especially all, all the uh, like our the higher end places where a lot of these shoes are sold, like you know, Saks or Nordstrom or. Uh, Barney is like they all have amazing customer service and shipping. You call call and get somebody on the phone, and they'll you know send you a shipping label. So it's there's uh, there's some perks to going higher end. So what videos are you working on for May? This is our for anybody that hasn't tuned into the Button Up podcast. This is our May episode in between interviews. So what are you excited about in May? Well, I got tomorrow. Uh, I guess it'll already be by the time this comes out, it'll already be uh, out. But uh, I got a how to wear shorts video. So just my thoughts on how shorts should fit and details and stuff like that. 
uh, every summer there, I have an article on, on the website that's, it's every, every year it's the most popular article in the summer. It's called how to wear shorts. And, uh, so I figured I'd do a video version and then I've got another one coming out about neutral colors and why I think neutral colors are really the way to go for like 80% of your wardrobe. So that's what I'm working on. How about you? Well, I've got a few projects that are about to really come to a head here. I've got a complete history of the Swatch group that I'm almost done with, which took way longer to research than I expected. <clears throat> and it's been in the hands of my editor or my animator for the past uh, 10 days. And that's like my most ambitious video yet. I went basically back to 1735 when Abraham Louis Breguet started making watches up through today when they're fighting the movement in Daniel Wellington watches. So I couldn't, I found a lot of Swatch like guides online. I found a couple of videos on YouTube that talked about the Swatch group, but I didn't find anything that weaved it together in the way that I was either looking for or hoping for. And so, uh, that one, it might be up the day that this podcast goes live. It might be up Friday, but it's in the final stages of editing there. And then, um, my day job schedule is changing, so for the past couple of months, my wife was coaching lacrosse after school, and so I would have to, I would get to my office at 6.30 in the morning, I would leave at 3.30 so that she can go coach, which obliterated my schedule for working on the channel, so it's been a really rough couple of, couple of months, really, on getting things out for the channel, but now it's going back to normal, so I should be getting into my regular production schedule, because I've got a lot of other stuff that I've wanting to get out and uh, I'm looking forward to getting that back on track so I also want to do a video on like people ask me about my routine I want to do like that kind of stuff um, I just ran a half marathon in a suit and that video is going to be coming out soon so I've got like a lot of pent up stuff that I wasn't able to work on so I'm looking forward to that nice yeah that's cool yeah I'm I'm trying to figure out the production schedule too with like you always got to be ahead of it you know I mean we do a good job with this podcast but I always want to be like a few weeks ahead of it with your videos. And for me, it's usually the, uh, the getting that raw material, the recording, the writing and the recording. That's the, the bottleneck, not the editing and the, and the formatting and all that. So, but, uh, yeah, I'm also doing a, I was mentioning this before we started recording, uh, another watch gang video, another watch gang platinum unboxing. So I have the box. I don't know what's in it. So I'm going to be recording that this afternoon, which, you know, hopefully it's, it's a nice watch because, you only get one chance to record those unboxings. Oh, <laughs> uh, I know. I've got three watching Platinum deliveries in the last year, and I liked all three of them. I don't think I ever put a video together of them, but the three watches are some of my favorite that I got in there. That's definitely, like, my tier. I like the Platinum tier. Totally. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't really be – personally, I wouldn't really be interested in the, like, the uh, basic – was it the Watch Gang original or, like, the standard tier? Um, although I do think it's a good way to – figure out what kind of watches you like for not that much money but i kind of know that now so yeah definitely uh more interested in the platinum tier well and you've been teasing on instagram your new pickup and we mentioned it a little bit in our live stream but for the button up podcast viewers i think a little bit of a story of your new piece is in order i uh, yes yeah i mean that's the thing any watch right now for the foreseeable future is gonna is gonna pale in comparison because <laughs> i i picked up the uh, a 1984 Rolex Datejust reference 16030. And it was from Theo and Harris, uh, from Christian over there. Uh, hooked, hooked me up with a, a great deal. And yeah, it's a nice little 36 millimeter. It's got the engine turned steel um, bezel, uh, you know, the oyster case, 
the Cyclops bubble eye. And it's actually the cool thing is it the dial and I'll, I'll do a I'm going to do a couple videos about it, like a review and then like a how to wear it and why the date just and all that stuff. But the dial is the kind of this like soft gray color and it's got white lettering. So it's like it's pretty unique. Like I haven't seen many that look like this uh, online or on any of like the used secondhand shops. So, uh, yeah, I haven't really taken it off. I think it's like, it's like uh, surgically attached to my wrist at this point. Like, I don't even know if I can't take it off. <laughs> so I like woke up the other day. I was still, out. I was like, Oh man, I gotta, <laughs> gotta take this thing off every now and then. But it's been, it's been a sweet pickup. So you sleep with and everything. Cause like I, I never take my Seamaster off. Is that, has that been years now? Well, I, I usually put it on the nightstand. Um, but yeah, I don't like to, I don't have to be too far from it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I do want to take a slight responsibility for this because most people don't know that like when we hang up from the recording the podcast, I then usually tell you, you should be buying. I like, I feel like I'm always pressuring you for it. And, you know, I know you were interested in your own and I would have stopped if you didn't want me to do it. And, and so, uh, yeah, I just... John is what we call an enabler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it was, it was good though, because I, I think like, I mean, I've, I've talked to you about it, but I've been eyeing this watch for a long time. Like I've been thinking about it for like probably a year and yeah, it's, it's expensive. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot of money for, for anything that's like kind of a, a luxury item, you know, something that you don't really need, but it's not crazy expensive in terms of Rolexes, you know, or luxury watches. And so I kind of got to the point where I had like all these things happen at the same time, like, uh, personally and professionally that were like these milestones. I was like, if there's, if there's not, there's never going to be a better time to like buy this watch and kind of have it represent like late 2017, early 2018, that period where all these awesome things happened. So I think it was a really good time to buy it. And, uh, you know, it'll always kind of mark that time. Yeah. And it does look amazing. Some of the pictures you put up already. So I'm really into it too. Yeah, it's it's cool, man. I love the size. I don't know. There's something about the size of those those vintage watches, but it's funny because I've been, you know, you, you go back and forth on like which watch you're gonna get, and like it, for me, it was between the Datejust or or something similar, like the Oyster Perpetual Date, or the Explorer One 36 millimeter, which is also like a very cool watch, but it doesn't have a date window, and so that was kind of the deal breaker. But it's like the, I mean, you know, because you bought a house, like after you buy a house, you like can't help but visit more open houses and like kind of shop like keep shopping around so i'm in that mode now where i see like a youtube video pop up like my uh you know review for my rolex explorer one i'm like oh that's pretty nice too <laughs> yeah it's almost like buyer verification you're like i i think this is right but i'm just gonna make sure yeah exactly exactly but but no i have i have uh no regrets i'm really digging it so yeah i'll definitely make a video about it soon but i want to i want it to be like really nice with like super smooth b-roll and all that stuff <laughs> oh yeah i like that oh, i was thinking back on one of your videos where you did the the hamilton and you put the watch in a winder for a cool shot somebody called you out in the comments saying why'd you put it on a winder if it's hand wound so now you can use that shot yeah oh yeah it's funny there was like multiple people saying like oh like idiot like it's it's a mechanical watch or like yeah but <laughs> 
the angles, bro. <laughs> <laughs> My new theory on some of that stuff, so I've been writing a couple videos that I have like big expectations for, is you need to put something in the video or there needs to be something about the video that's just slightly wrong or off, which causes people to comment, and that's what makes videos go like big because YouTube says like, oh, okay, people are commenting. And so there's a couple of, th I know the Swatch video is like, ripe with landmines for things that I might have gotten wrong. I tried my best to get it all very accurate, but there's a couple of videos where I'm, it's like, you gotta say something wrong so that people like correct you. And then that helps the video become a, a big one. Oh yeah, totally agree. Yeah, I mean, all, all my most popular videos have like stuff in them that's just wrong or like just, I don't know, just <laughs> mistakes or I don't know, something dumb about my hair or like, you know, something for people to, to comment on. Cause yeah, YouTube doesn't, it's an algorithm, you know, it's not, it's not thinking it's as good or bad. It's just like, oh, this is getting engagement. Like, let's give it more views, you know? So you put a video up last week on hairstyles and you use a blow dryer. And I know you've, you've used those in the past. I don't have one. I think my wife has one. But now I've got my eye on the Dyson hair dryer. And I'm kind of wondering if I should just go all in on the nice one because uh, I'm thinking about starting to use one more often. Yeah, I saw, I think um, Joe over at Bluemon did a review of that blow dryer because it's pretty pricey, right? It's like $400. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, their vacuum is like 800 bucks. But yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, I don't use a blow dryer every day, but definitely once your hair gets a little longer and if you want to like stand up and have a lot of volume, you need it, you know, especially if you have like really fine hair. Um, I think it's worth having one. I don't know if, it, if I were you, I'd probably go <laughs> low end first just to see if they actually use it, you know. Or just use my wife's. My wife kind of wants one too. Maybe I'll see if they can work with me on a video or something. Oh yeah, they might send you at least send you something. I think Tanner did a video on Dyson because I have the full size vacuum. I have the handheld vac, so got to complete the collection, I guess. Oh man, yeah, Beck is really eyeing. This is a slippery slope. She's really eyeing the uh, their wireless, their cordless vacuum. With I think it's like eight hundred dollars, but it's incredible. But, I would highly recommend it. Hope she doesn't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't do a podcast this week. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think we're gonna get it. It's once it's in motion, it's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, get it from Bed Bath and Beyond. They have a great return policy, and uh, I think they're a great place to go. Nice. This 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 podcast is sponsored by Bed Bath and Beyond for all your Dyson needs. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding, guys. We don't have any sponsors, but not yet. Not until knows. Dyson hears this. Yeah, not until Dyson hears this. Well, we have like four or five great interviews in the can. So some really cool stuff coming up on the Button Up podcast. Actually, some that were recorded prior to this. We got a bunch of good stuff on the schedule. So um, if anybody has recommendations on who you want to hear in the podcast, we might have them coming up. But we would love to hear from you. Uh, you can tweet at us or or send us a message somewhere, Instagram or whatever. But uh, this is a, a pretty cool quick update for May, and I'm looking forward to possibly doing a meetup in June. We're working on maybe doing something in New York, but details on that are to come. Yeah, that would be awesome. So try to make it happen in June, and if not, we'll do it uh, sometime in the next couple of months. Yeah, sometime in the summer, because we talked to uh, Dan over at the Articles of Style, and he said he would host a couple of guys at their headquarters, and so we'll see what we can do. But thank you for listening to the Button Up Podcast this month in May. Stay tuned for some awesome interviews in the future. And uh, follow Brock on everything. Follow me on wherever you want. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Buttoned Up Podcast, a collaboration between John Shanahan of The Cavalier and Brock McGough of Modest Man. And we'll see you next week.